Welcome to the I'm Healing Podcast. I'm your host and healer, Iris L. Mendez of ILM Healing Solutions. Here, we review all healing solutions for the soul. Episode 2, Mindfulness and Myths. Let's heal. Thanks for tuning in and welcome. I'm excited about today's topic as it is about mindfulness, which I think is a word that has become more and more used and tossed around in a good way, but also in a negative way. So today I'm going to talk about mindfulness, what it is, the benefits, and the myths. So let's get right to it. And what is mindfulness? When you think of the word mindfulness, what does it mean to you? And so by definition, and I'm using a definition by one of my favorite mindfulness gurus. He's got lots of books and even guided meditations. And his name is John Kabat-Zinn. And his definition states that mindfulness refers to the practice of training the mind to pay attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, with non-judgmental openness. Now, when I first read this definition, I definitely felt some anxiety because that sounds like that's a lot that someone has to do at one time. So you have to pay attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, with non-judgmental openness. And I think that that's where a lot of people stop when it comes to mindfulness because they just feel that anxiety kicking in that maybe it's just a little bit too much for them that they're not able to do. Or maybe they feel that they can't clear their minds completely or that they just can't sit still for X amount of time. And so, like my favorite author, Brene Brown, I decided to create my own definition, just like she does when she's not too happy with the definitions that she finds. So here's my take on what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is a practice of conscious, non-judgmental awareness. It's acknowledgement and grateful acceptance of the present moment, any thoughts that you're having, this current situation that you're in, or your emotions. For me, mindfulness is where mind and body meet. And so I'll share a little bit about my journey with mindfulness. I actually was introduced to mindfulness back in graduate school, and I took a course on spirituality and social work during my uh, master's program in my master's in social work. And this was an elective at first, but it ended up being a really life-changing class for me because it was 
an evening class. I was probably in my last year of graduate school. I was getting out of a toxic relationship and having some family stuff going on around that time and juggling a full-time job, a part-time internship, plus part-time classes. So with all that said, my brain was pretty scattered and I was pretty burnt out. And this particular class, spirituality and social work, required us to practice mindfulness at the beginning of every class. And it really truly was life-changing for me. In those moments, literally right after I probably was speeding down 95 to get to the class frantically from wherever obligation I had prior to that, finally getting to the class, oh wait, but first stopping for coffee, of course, (laughs) frantically doing that as well, and then rushing into class literally right before it starts or maybe a little bit late, who knows. And so when I walk into the class, you can literally feel the anxiety, the dread, the the tiredness, the the burnt-outness of the other classmates as well. However, when we participated in these mindfulness techniques, the energy in the room really shifted for me. And I didn't realize it back then, but I'm somewhat of an empath, and so I feel that I can feel energies in the room shift. And so I can take them on as well, which is something that I've had to balance over lifetime and takes a lot of self-awareness and self-care to really balance all of that. And that's where mindfulness came in for me. And I really noticed the energy shift completely after we completed a mindfulness activity. Everyone seemed more calm, more focused, less scatterbrained, and more at peace. And so, given everything that was going on in my life at that time, I decided to just start to practice this on my own outside of the classroom. And I started to do research a little bit more on it, and I was in graduate school studying different types of mental health therapy modalities and systems and mind and behavior. And for me, I learned that mindfulness is really a practice. It's not a practice that you have to perfect. It's just a matter of being able to pause, being able to be present. And that doesn't necessarily mean clearing your entire mind. And I think that's one of the myths out there when it comes to any mindfulness or meditation. Um, You know, there are various types of meditation, just like there are various types of mindfulness practices or different ways that you can practice mindfulness. And so it doesn't mean that you have to sit still for 20 minutes and there's, you know, a gong involved or anything like that. It really truly is just being present. And that can be something as simple as going out for a walk and taking a look up at the clouds and taking a deep breath and just being with the body, connecting with the earth, 
and connecting with your breath. Our breath is our life force. And in yoga, which I'm also a yoga instructor, we practice lots of deep breathing and breath work and pranayama, which is the Sanskrit word for uh, the practice of the breath work. And so all of that is very, very beneficial for our body, for our nervous systems. Mindfulness, like I said, can help with focus. Uh, can also help alleviate anxiety. And it can even help alleviate or decrease chronic pain or the susceptibility to feeling that pain. And so when you think of mindfulness, I don't want you to think of it necessarily being associated with a religion because I think that's another myth. (laughs) I actually recall trying this tool with a client of mine in the past and my client says, Miss Iris, I'm Christian. I, I, I can't do that mindfulness stuff. And there was a lot of psychoeducation that I had to give to some clients prior to trying this tool and or implementing it into practice. And while, yes, mindfulness and meditation uh, has deep-rooted um, history in different religions such as Hinduism and Buddhism, it's not necessarily associated with an actual religion or deity, if you will. Now, can you practice prayer and mindfulness? Definitely. It's all about you tuning into yourself and tuning into your faith and whatever higher power it is that you believe in. Whether that's the universe, whether that's God, whomever it is that you believe in. Tuning into yourself and being able to practice presence and awareness. And so when we think of the benefits of mindfulness, it can help increase concentration. And some people who suffer with ADHD can benefit from using some mindfulness-based skills people who have some generalized anxiety disorders or even some obsessive compulsive behaviors can also benefit from utilizing mindfulness throughout their day. And anyone who suffers from chronic conditions can also benefit from practicing mindfulness. Mindfulness has been seen in various modalities of therapy, including dialectical behavioral therapy where mindfulness there's a core focus of that a part of the skills related to that form of therapy mindfulness-based stress reduction and even mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy and there really is no right or wrong way to practice mindfulness it's really just a matter of being present if we think about anxiety. Anxiety is a normal, natural feeling, and it's just like happiness and anger. It's a normal feeling. When anxiety becomes a problem, 
it's really when it starts to impact our day-to-day life and our abilities to take care of ourselves and do our normal routines and structure. When we start to avoid things and we start to isolate ourselves or we get to the point where we're having panic attacks, mindfulness can be really, really helpful to alleviate those symptoms. And oftentimes, mindfulness can help people who have a history of post-traumatic stress disorder or any trauma because a lot of our anxiety that is exacerbated can actually stem from our experiences, especially trauma. So it's also helpful for treating uh, patients who have uh, post-traumatic stress as a, as a skill or, or a coping skill rather that clients can use to help improve their symptoms. And so with anxiety, oftentimes our brain is focusing on something of the past, something that happened that we wish didn't happen or you know just something of the past or grief there's lots of things that our mind tends to focus on and when we think about our brain and how it focuses so so much on the future and we have what's called fortune telling type of thoughts which is also a cognitive distortion or unhelpful thinking pattern that's very common the fortune telling talk talk where we are predicting what's going to happen and now our emotions are getting so riled up about a scenario that we created related to the future and you know our body starts to really internalize that as it actually occurring and being real and so that's where anxiety can really exacerbate because we're so focused and our brain tends to be ping-ponging in a sense from past to future and so present work practicing being present is another form of mindfulness and that's super helpful for alleviating anxiety especially in times where we have difficulties with not being able to control our environment or certain situations that are occurring so in those moments it's really helpful to focus on the things that you can control be present. And present work can include practicing gratitude. So being able to identify maybe one or three things that you're grateful for. Uh, present work could also be just tuning into your natural breath without altering it. And you can also place one hand over your belly and one hand over your heart so that you can really feel the rise and the fall of your chest and your belly as you naturally breathe. You can also prompt some deep inhales. There's counting work that can be done, tuning into the five senses, which is another form and a really great grounding technique, especially for individuals who do suffer from panic attacks. And we can try that right now in this very moment. So I want you to take a pause and really take a look around you. Notice your environment and notice your natural, normal breath. Now scan your environment. Scan it with your five senses, which is 
really our outlet into the world and it's how we really our senses is what we first use as babies and as children to keep us safe and to um, you know identify our own needs and really be perceptive of our environment so our senses is really really important that we honor them and take care of them and even practice some gratitude so as you think of your five senses and honor them I want you to focus on all of the five senses so what is it that you currently see name some physical items that you see around you now what are some things that you hear now listen harder listen a little deeper besides the sound of my voice is there anything else that you might hear in your environment Tune into your natural breath and take a look around and focus on the sense of smell. Is there anything that you smell? And now focus on the sense of taste. Do you have a taste in your mouth at all? And now focus on the sense of feeling. Now with feeling, you want to be mindful to focus on two portions or two parts here. You want to focus on a physical feeling, so an external feeling, and an internal feeling, so an actual emotion word. And so example of that would be, I feel tired as my feeling word. I feel the softness of my shirt on my skin. So that would be the external physical portion. And this is something that you can practice really every day. So think about those moments in your life where you're on autopilot. You know, when you're starting up your computer for work, getting in the car, or even staying at the stop sign for a red light or traffic. surprised when I have 
emotions, especially negative ones, because when we hold on to them, they really manifest in the body, and they cause us ailments, chronic conditions and diseases, and, you know, it really manifests to the point where your body holds on to it, and now you're more susceptible to illness. So, challenge you to maybe watch the water boil or next time you eat maybe put the fork down and really count your chews and really match up your food in your mouth kind of like we would do when we were babies and that's another way of really being mindful and also helpful for the body is for digestion when you're getting gas and you're waiting for your gas to
solutions at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in again. Till next time, happy healing.